hey, what is going on, Liberty fans? My name is Nick Kirby, and welcome to the AC of Red live podcast. This is the basketball edition. Show is presented, as always, by Jason Porter Real Estate, covering all of your residential and commercial real estate needs in the Lynchburg area and beyond. And our newest partner, Ironclad Coffee out of Richmond, Virginia. I am joined once again by the Reverend, the doctor now, William Matthews. Will, big week for Liberty Basketball, taking care of business with a big sweep at home, setting up for the biggest game of the regular season on Thursday night. How are we doing? Good, man. Looking forward to Thursday night and a little nervous about it, if I'm going to be honest, but uh, I think it's exciting. Yeah. It all comes down to this. Yeah, we will be talking a lot about the uh, the matchup with Kennesaw State on Thursday night throughout the show. Uh, on tonight's show, we're going to have Kyle Rowe joining us here in a few minutes, uh, as well as our good pal Joel Vanderpool. Uh, he's kind enough to join us. Joel, I believe, still lives in the Atlanta area, so he's I know he's been to Kennesaw a few times, so excited to have him on. He was great last year when we had him on our podcast. And then really excited, we're going to have uh, John uh, who is uh, the KSU Owl Howl, I believe is what it's called. Uh, really cool guy on Twitter we've interacted with. That's a big Kennesaw State guy. Get his uh, thoughts on the game. Uh, before we get started, if you are watching tonight on YouTube, please take two seconds, hit that like button, show us some love. While you're there, please subscribe to the channel. really helps us continue to grow uh, the, the platform, all kinds of great content. And then the Sea of Red Live podcast, also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe there. Leave us a five-star review, all that kind of stuff. And got a big announcement also on Thursday night. Chad and John are going to be live at Kennesaw uh, State, going to cover the game, the big matchup. So we're looking forward to that. We are hoping to do a pregame show before that uh, and get a live uh, live uh, interaction with, with Ch- John and Chad. Uh, at the arena there. So really looking forward to that. All right, well, let's jump right into it. We got a, a big show, of course, tonight. So I want to make sure we get to it all. Uh, the Liberty just dominated Bellerman. It was beautiful. I mean, I, I think Bellerman is, you know, I'll keep my thoughts to myself, uh, but it, it was nice to to see them win this by 20. Uh, Bellerman, man, I, I, I got to give them credit because every time I watch them, I just go, how do these guys win? Division one basketball games and, and they've had a great season, you know, um, but, but Liberty just too much in this one. How about, how about this? Will Liberty 17 for 18 inside the arc. I mean, <laughs> they just played bully ball against Bellarmine. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch because we've always one of the, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse or a knock or what, but you always kind of talk about Liberty. You think about the three point shot and you think about living and dying by the three, but, they have been getting inside a lot here, especially since the start of conference play and that combination of Blake and um, uh, shallow and Brody, like just even Porter, like kind of getting up close to as well. Um, It's just, it's like a lethal combination when you can shoot so well inside and shoot well on the outside as well. Yeah. We just eliminate the mid-range. Inside, right around the rim is a beautiful thing. Uh, th- those points are good. Those points are high percentage. So uh, just this was just an awesome game. Just Liberty dominated from start to finish. Outscored Bellarmine by 37 points in the two games. I know we're not about revenge here with Liberty, but uh, I'm about revenge. Yes, so we are. That, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, and then speaking of revenge, 10-point win over Eastern Kentucky. Uh, I tell you what, I thought Eastern Kentucky played a good, good ball game. 
I thought they really gave Liberty all they could handle. I thought they, uh, uh, I was really impressed with how they they uh, fought back in the second half. Uh, I thought this was a well earned ten point victory for Liberty. I know Liberty was favored a little bit more, but uh, ten points I think was was a a really good performance from Liberty because they needed it. Um, our guy Kyle Rodovan here on just a minute. It was his first Ken Palm MVP of the game. I'm sure uh, Kyle's going to uh, brush off that trophy uh, uh, later <laughs> on. Later on, uh, but he had a great game: 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists, three steals. A lot of times, what Kyle does uh, doesn't show up on the stat sheet, uh, but this one it did. He completely filled it out. So this was a good one. And then Liberty, 19 of 21 at the line. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, man. I, I tell you what, I um, I, I wish we could play them a little bit more. I, I love playing them. I love their style. I love everything about what they're doing. I think they're building a good program. Kind of sad to see the, see this ending with the A-Sun going away. Yeah, it seems like they're really, they really have a good coach and a good coaching staff as well. Uh, man, this felt like a game where, you know, the referees, like the, the officiating was a little questionable at times and it kind of felt like man if we're going to win this Darius is going to have to score like 70 points and uh, um, I mean he did score 28 He's, he had a great game but just the way that everybody else stepped up and you know there were at times too where it felt like if it weren't for free throws it would have been a lot closer And but we still were able to win it by double digits in every game so far in conference play we've won by double digits yeah, that's a great point, Will. You know, they go 9 feet for 21. You go, uh, you know, 14 for 21. It's a closer game, a much different finish at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- I tell you what, I do not want to see Eastern Kentucky in the tournament. Please, someone knock these guys. <laughs> they are not a comfortable matchup uh, at all. So credit to them. They're building a great program. Uh, but this is still Liberty Basketball who took care of business. This felt like a business week. Like, it just felt like Liberty mm-hmm. just came in. They just took care of business. Uh, you know, wasn't too flashy, uh, but you know, just just did what they needed to do. So that was really cool to see. And here's where we are on the A Sun, of course, setting up the big matchup with Kennesaw Liberty and Kennesaw twelve and two atop the A Sun. Pretty much, Liberty has locked themselves into a two seed um, with a two game lead with five games to play. Liberty most likely hold, would hold the tiebreaker over Eastern Kentucky. I'm not going to get into all that. There's a lot into that, but I think Liberty would hold any tiebreaker. Um, and Florida Gulf Coast back from the dead, back into the field. Uh, they have knocked Jacksonville out, and now Jacksonville's kind of taken that uh, uh, that mantle as the biggest disappointment in the A Sun. Will, any quick thoughts on the A Sun? Yeah, it's just crazy to see Jacksonville on the outside looking in right now. You know, they were pretty high ranked preseason, thought they would be a lot better than they are, and then just Florida Gulf Coast having to fight their way back in. That's kind of wild. What are you thinking about this uh, potential matchups as it stands right now? Well, one thing we got to, I feel like a lot of people keep missing this is the tournament is reseeded in the semifinals. Right. So, really, look at the 9 10 if that's where Liberty's going to end up. That's the only teams you know you're going to play. Um, there's a good chance if Liberty was the number one seed and this is how it played out, Liberty plays Florida Gulf Coast in the semifinals because the Florida Gulf Coast pulls off an upset or North Alabama. It, there's a good chance one of those um, uh, lower seeds at the bottom of the bracket just pulls an upset. I mean, there's two games. There's a good chance one of them wins, right? I mean, it's just, you know, simple math. And then Liberty plays that team. So I wouldn't get, like, caught up with the 4-5 the because there's a good chance you don't actually end up playing that team. Um, 
But yeah, yeah if the just looking at this four or five seems you know if you take those lower seeds those uh, that first round games out of the equation four or five almost looks like really the only toss up right now. Yeah, yeah, but you know it's conference tournaments and anything happens. Yeah. There's always an upset oh, for sure. And yeah. and in Florida Gulf Coast they don't make me comfortable either. Man, that team is up to fourth in net. You know you're you're talking about a team that is the computers and everything else likes them a lot better than what they've shown and. That's a team that I think could really get rolling um, as we do get a little bit closer to conference play, but we'll see how that all plays out. All right. Well, should we bring Kyle Rode in, Will? Let's do it. All right. What is going on, fellas? Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. Great week this week. Jason, uh, just a casual Sunday yesterday, or how you doing? <laughs> Victory Monday, baby. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Very good. Well, congratulations on your Chiefs. We'll let you claim them uh, on, on that that win last night. Uh, that was a fun game. That was a fun game. Good, good game. Uh, Jason, why don't you take away the first uh, question for our guy, Kyle? Yeah, Kyle, congratulations on last week, man. It was a lot of fun watching that. And and uh, I think my first question, uh, just again, having the privilege of being able to be there, uh, was the physicality uh, of that ball game, man. Um it seems to me, and again, this is just kind of me thinking out loud here, but I'd love to process with you a little bit. It seems like the maybe the game plan, intentional or not, but probably intentional, has been to play you guys a lot more physical the last couple of uh, ball games. Have you guys since that picked up on that a little bit? Certainly have responded well, but it seems like it's been a lot more physical on the defensive side against you guys. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a super fair assessment. I think um, teams have kind of seen um, if you let us be comfortable. Uh, we're we're pretty uh, high powered offense, so uh, teams are trying to disrupt that rhythm. And hey, congratulations on being Ken Palm MVP this week. <laughs> hey, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm here to ask the hard hitting questions, of course. But what's Valentine's Day like in the uh, road household? Was it a little cooking for the wife going on, watching some Nicholas Sparks movies? Uh, you know, how's your uh, Valentine's Day uh, week shaping up? Yeah, so uh, actually, me and my wife, our dating anniversary was always uh, right around Valentine's Day, so it was February fifth. So we kind of always just two and one that thing super efficiently, and uh, so we actually celebrated that February fifth. So tomorrow will probably be something really, really low key, and just maybe some food and not me cooking it, thankfully. But uh, <laughs> now it'll be it'll be super low key, man. Cal Road efficient. All the way around. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, uh, you guys had 12 steals against Eastern Kentucky. Uh, that was really impressive. Was that maybe uh, part of the game plan? You know, they, they play a, a faster tempo, uh, you know, maybe try to be a little more um, aggressive on defense. Well, actually, I think we did a really good job. Um, our, our guards, especially those guards are so quick and uh, they can really pass efficiently and their spacing is great. Uh, with their shooting, they our guards did a great job tracing the ball, um, is what we call it, and having ball pressure uh, with hands, and it got got into some passing lanes, got some deflections, um, and guys like JV, Zay, Colin, Darius, um, they're they're so good at, at getting steals like that. So it was super was super cool. I know I think I saw I had three of them, but where probably two of those were assisted steals by some of those guys. So. Uh, super, super glad that we were uh, locked in defensively. 
Yeah, college, you guys get deeper. Well, I was going to say deeper into the season. I guess just a handful of games left here. Uh, I think everyone's starting to to really fall into their role positions, which is uh, cool to see. And and uh, but I think at the same time, there's kind of always that X factor of never knowing who's going to step up every night. Um, but uh, what are you seeing as the difference here as of late, maybe in February here, more so specifically? What's going on with uh, with just, just the bench guys? And talk about them a little bit. And just again, never knowing who the X factor is going to be, but somebody always seems to step up. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of our team. We have a we have a group of guys that could play really well, and it doesn't show up in a just a typical box score. But you look at their plus minus, and it's like, whoa, they really impacted the game, or uh, just the details that we we like. It was so awesome to see uh, Peeves get hot and hit a couple of shots, and then you even look at a guy like Shiloh, who might have not had like the craziest stats week, but he was so impactful for our team on the defensive end. Um, just how he creates offense for us and his pressure that he puts on the rim. And um, so just super grateful for guys like that coming off the bench. And and Zay, he's, he's so tough, man. I know his elbow uh, in that first game against Bellerman, he hit it pretty hard. And uh, just one of the toughest dudes I've got to play with. And and I can, I can go down the list, man. Blake had a great game. I think he had almost a double-double. And CP knocking down free throws late as a freshman in a big-time game like that was super impressive. So. And then Darius always does his thing, and there's some more guys too, but we only got 10-minute segments. So. <laughs> hey, follow-up question about Zay, because you know during that game, it was uh, Todd going into halftime, and he had that huge defensive play to, to end the half. Uh, what is he like off the court? I mean, on the court, he brings a lot of energy and um, passion, but you know, is he pretty chill off the court, or, or kind of what's his personality? Yeah, 100%. I think he would say the same thing. Off the court, pretty chill, relaxed. And then when he gets on the court, he's he's competitive, energetic, um, does all the little things, and just a super reliable guy, right? Like Zay has been an unbelievable um, person in our program that you've seen kind of grow up and, like, accept his role and really embrace that over the years. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's on our team and we don't have to, we don't have to play against him, that's for sure. All right, Cal, so – Big time matchup on Thursday night. Uh, I know you guys are one game at a time, but it, it definitely will will say will go a long way in determining uh, who who comes out on top of the A Sun. Uh, I got a two part question for you. First, what's your thoughts on um, on Kennesaw State in this matchup? Yeah, no, I have a have a lot of respect for their program. It's it's kind of cool to see um, a, co- a program and a culture like that succeed. Um, just from where when I came into the A-Sun and where they were. And we have a lot of respect for um, how they play, their culture, and uh, we're going to be prepared. Uh, Coach does a great job of making sure we respect every opponent, respect every day uh, that we get. And we're super grateful uh, that we're, we're at this point of the season and uh, going to accept that challenge. The second part of that is, is do does that team kind of remind you? I know you weren't here for the 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 2018-19 team but um where they've kind of it felt like they've had a nice steady improvement the last couple of years but it just feels like this year's like that one year where they took that big leap did you kind of see like the parallels maybe with with liberty with what they were able to do a few years back yeah i think uh kind of that recollection too is like they had guys that stuck around stayed in the program accepted their role and i think that's kind of what you see with them as well, just from an outsider perspective, I haven't really got to watch them a, a ton, but obviously just from like the standings and seeing their success, um, 
we know we know they're a really good culture, a really good team, and it's it's going to be going to be a really good one. Kyle, take us through a little bit of what uh, what the environment's going to be down down there like that. I assume they're they're billing it uh, just like we we've, we've been hyping games around here too. But uh, curious what you guys know about how the gym's going to be hopping down there Thursday night. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure it is, man. They have a super they have a really really nice facility actually, and um, it's it's actually the last couple times we played there, the crowd's been really into it, and um, the, I think they do a good job with student engagement and things like that. So. Uh, gonna be a, gonna be a good environment for the Owls. I'm not sure for the Flames, but it's always fun to play road games like that. Yeah. Quick question: Not to look past Kennesaw State or anything like that, but you guys have two back-to-back games against Queens. What do you think? What is just your thoughts on that kind of format where you get to see a team back-to-back home in a way like that? Yeah, it kind of brings you back to the COVID days when you played everybody Friday, Saturday, yeah. and. It, it's like you played somebody at 7 p.m. and then 3 o'clock the next day. You took a mm-hmm. breath and there was two games. So, uh, no, it'd be good, man. They're super impressive what they've done um, in their first year Division One. I. I know we have um, a lot of respect for them as well. And and like you said, going to take going to take this week and just keep it keep it practice by practice, game by game. But like you said, they're, uh, those back-to-backs uh, playing the same team reminds you a lot of the COVID. So. Yeah. Do you like that? I mean, do you like that kind of having like, hey, we've got, we only have to look at one team this week? <laughs> yeah, no, it actually helps a lot with familiarity and um, just yeah. knowing kind of tendencies and things like that. It does get a little weird. Uh, it gets kind of uh, repetitive. But back when we did it during COVID, you were just at one location. So we would just yeah. play at the arena twice or at Queens twice. So the travel is going to be different um, in there mm-hmm. for sure, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun challenge. All right, Kyle. Well, we are really looking forward to this big matchup on Thursday night. Also, not looking looking uh, past uh, Jacksonville State has also been playing a lot better. Yeah. Uh, big uh, big week yeah. for you guys on the road. Uh, best of luck to you, Kyle. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys' support. Yeah, absolutely, Good luck, man. Thanks, All right, uh, Jason, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Talk about real estate and uh, specifically commercial property. Um, do you do commercial real estate? And if so, what does that uh, kind of look like for you? Yeah, definitely do, Nick. I appreciate you asking about that. Um, commercial is a different monster altogether. So if you're in that uh, market where you're looking at some commercial property or whether it's an office space or something for a business or something along those lines, you want to make sure that uh, whoever's helping you has some commercial background. It's completely different than residential. And uh, I'm fortunate that I get a chance to do both. So I'm thankful uh, for that opportunity. But yeah, I can definitely help out our our folks that are in commercial property needs as well. And then um, wanted to uh, wanted to flash this graphic here too. This is just kind of an interesting thing because we get asked this a lot. How do you price commercial property? So um, wanted to sort of throw this out there. If you've got um, a thousand square foot space, uh, we put the math up here for you. And we'll say that they're going to charge $15 a square foot. You see that that comes out to $15,000. Now, before people freak out, that's $15,000 for the year. So then you would take that uh, fifteen thousand for the year, divide that by twelve, and that gives you your monthly um, twelve fifty payment uh, per month. So a couple of key indicators there that are important as people are looking at commercial spaces. You want to look at the the size of the space, the square footage, and then obviously that price per square foot, and then you can do the math from there and figure it out. We know that the most important words in real estate are location, location, location. In commercial, it's probably four of those words: location, 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 and location. So that's how things are built. Um, as far as commercial real estate goes, but be glad to help um, our listeners and see uh, red and flames nation with any help uh, or with any projects that they have there in regards to commercial real estate as well. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for, uh, 
Thanks for breaking that down for us. Always like uh, getting your insight and uh, appreciate uh, you and all your uh, support of the UC Red Live podcast. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to be back here in just a second. We've got a quick word from Marv Albert and Steve Kerr. And the pressure has just killed Liberty. No pressure here, and a foul is called as Joe Vanderpoel looked to lay it home, and uh, he will go to the line. Their last eight shots, Joe Vanderpoel is at the line, a 67% free throw shooter for Liberty. And the Flames of Liberty... Opened up by connecting on six of their first eight shots. They have hit just two field goals in the last seven and a half minutes. Well, the pressure's gotten to them more than then, even when they've broken a couple of quick shots, uh, particularly from the corner. One thing you don't want to do if you're worried about transition is take a quick shot, long shot from the corner. Now your transition defense is compromised. So this is all about execution offensively for Liberty, which will help them defend. Coming up on six and a half remaining in this first half. And speaks seven again inside. He's hit all four of his shot. Let's go. NCAA Let's watch tournament. The whole game. Let's watch the whole game and shift the last two, <laughs> two seconds. NCAA tournament scorer. And in a great look at that, that, that effort getting that play out of bounds. Joel Vanderpool. Joel, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you on again. Guys. It's my pleasure. Um, initial thoughts. <laughs> we were wearing skirts. You know, it, like, <laughs> what was Nike doing at the time? It was a different era. Different I era. tell you what, you guys have to really be scraping the bottom of the barrel. If oh, gosh. We've got a uh, NCAA tournament one-point scorer, but I'm happy to be here. So I appreciate you guys. Maybe dropping the level of your of your guests to have me on because uh, what a fond memory that free throw was. Um, those shorts were and that offensive rebound and the hockey assist times five. So it was, great, it was a great moment. Great. Moment. It, it really took a long time for that that play to develop to speak. So I was like, well, like I kind of show the whole thing here. So. Like, you yeah. really should have played that at like 1.5 speed like I do on Spotify for most podcasts so like we can actually get through it, you know. Yeah, but you can't 1.5 <laughs> speed Marv Albert. Like that's disrespectful. Is is it not like was the Steve Kerr thing is like that's what's crazy to me is that he yeah. was the one who had that game. I remember Alan York sent me a picture after the game of me and um Craig Sager talking. That was cool. Um, because I guess he's from Fort Myers. I had no idea until uh we met on the sidelines. So yeah, great memories. I still remember it all I, I was still thinking about it all the time as my fondest, fondest time. The week before Coastal may have been more fun, though, for being honest. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, was that like is that in your head like on a game like that? Like, hey man, that's Marv Albert and Steve Kerr over there. Like, are you thinking about that or no? I th- what was what's cool about those moments is like you get ample time to kind of get all that stuff out before the game starts. So like whether it's shoot around or we had a shoot around the day before or practice the day before we were late for because our flight got um, our plane got messed up. Then you have your shoot around and they're there doing a lot of stuff. So you rarely are getting that stuff for the first time come game time. You're really, you've really kind of hopefully gotten a little accustomed to it. Um, you know, shoot around those kind of things. And so in those moments, man, once the, once the ball tip, once the ball goes up, it's, you know, what 94 feet, I forget I'm old, uh, 94 feet, you know? So, um, I don't think I've ever known. So <laughs> we'll say 94, we'll say 94 for me. Yeah. That sounds good to me. You could only be ten feet, and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, seems seems like that seems like." You know, to be clear, right. the hoop yeah. is ten feet. 
And then, yeah, yeah. yeah, the court is 94. That's what I was going for. But I was actually at that live practice the day before. Uh, I'm telling you what, that, that, may have been, that may have been the most athletic I've ever been in my life. Because it was, I mean, that they, they do that so well. And I mean, the, the you know, current day players, it's a, it's a, you know, it's the, they get every, every year, but you know, go to the hotel. The staff has like your t-shirts on and like they, they, they do it really well. Like the NCAA sets those things up really well. Um, but yeah, we were late for that practice for that open practice, but it was cause our, we were supposed to fly at like five and our plane didn't leave to like two or something like that. We were staying at the, um, at the stadium, uh, just waiting for to hear that a plane was there for us. Uh, so we got there late and that was just get loose, have fun. Um, and something about that arena is a ton, way more fun than like Dayton Arena should be, right? It's like, you know, what's it like? But the NCAA just knows how to the pageantry of the of the of the tournament. They just know how to do it. Um, even for a first four game, like we didn't feel like we were any lesser than our record was. Um, <laughs> but uh, they do an awesome job, and we had a good time with that. Yeah, Dayton really does that up well. I was actually living twenty minutes away from that at the time, which was just worked out really. Cool. I can see why you moved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I moved farther north. It actually, okay. it actually got. It's a lot colder, so yeah. Then, all right. But enough of that. Let's jump in. So, Joel, you were at the EKU game on on Saturday. What was that atmosphere like? What you What you think about that? Is that your first game this year? Yeah. So I haven't been on campus since um, the last regular season game in Vines. So they did a, a letter winner thing there. Uh, we came back and then. Um, when, when we kind of heard that what they were doing this, um, we were obviously going to prioritize it. Unbelievable. I actually snuck. I actually didn't sneak in. I came into the kind of last half, the second half of the Bellarmine game too. Um, but just kind of seeing people, wasn't able to kind of get a, a feel for what was going. But uh, environment, unbelievable. Um, really hard. My, my wife played volleyball at Liberty. Really hard to not be like a little jealous um, of mm-hmm. the experience that they now have. But – at the same time, like, I'm just so happy that they get to experience that. And then when people ask, you know, I'm tall, so people always ask, like, do you play basketball? Like, yeah, and it's so cool to now be like, that's the program that I'm that I'm tied to because not only the wins and the end of the tournaments, and, but just like, yeah, just like look at this video of the way that they do starting lineups and all that stuff. So, I mean, unbelievable environment. Um, they know how to do it. I would say the, the demographic has really changed since I was there. Um, and these are eye tests, which I'm a big eye test guy. I've told you guys that on Twitter today. It felt like when we were playing, 80% of the of the fans were students. And it's really shifted to, it is a community thing, man. There are families there, not just like families with four-year-olds saying you should be excited about this. Like families with, you know, like business owners in Lynchburg courtside. So, I mean, the whole thing has just leveled up across the board. Um, so fun to just, you know, be a part of it. And, um, they, they took great care of us and, um, you know, it's just, and we can talk about the, the team in a little bit and about, you know, what, what their makeup is in a couple different areas, but, um, unbelievable experience. And, um, I, I told, I told my wife while we were watching, I'm like, yeah, so we probably need to get up here more often because, um, <laughs> I mean, I've got a four and a half year old and two year old now, and they were in heaven the whole time. So it's just, Gen- now it's generally generationally becoming more fun for our family. I'm really yeah. good at long answers to short questions. So if you want to uh, just <laughs> tell me to shut up. I, I would never tell. Okay. Hey, I have a couple of questions. Go ahead. Let's, let's knock them out. Um, <laughs> uh, first off, 
how impressed are you that you get to speak to me tonight? And second of all, um, no, uh, I mean, how much time? What, you uh, <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, look, you, we were going to beat the dead horse tonight, but we're talking about, you know, your experience in the NCAA tournament, the greatest team you were telling me on, uh, uh, Twitter that you kind of maybe had a different way of looking at what is the best team. So we wanted to yeah, hear so, from you. Is this so, the best team? So I actually have changed my position on that within the past 72 hours. And here's why. Okay. So okay. Um, I'll start first thing about, I'll talk about the tournament, the t- what, what we can learn from the 2013 team. So I thought about that, about that today. I think Liberty team has very little to learn from the 2013 team. I think the rest of the league has a lot to learn from the 2013 team. Because if you remember, we had to knock off, I think, 1-2 and 1-2 north and south for each because we were split up at the time. That is not the reality of what Liberty's walking into, right? Liberty is the favorite. That, like, And whether or not they end up hosting the, the whole th- – like, there's a lot that can still happen. I get that. But biggest target on their back is Liberty. Even if Kennesaw were to be the number one, like everyone knows it's it's Liberty's league. Um, I think every other team, whether it's Queens or Bellarmine, I mean, you saw what happened last year. Like, I think they have a heck of a lot more to learn from our run than Liberty does. Liberty doesn't need to go win four games in five days and surprise everybody, right? Like, frankly, it's theirs to lose. Coach McKay would get upset if he hurt. Like, I, I get all that. But every other team has way more to learn from from our experience than Liberty does. And so that's what I would say about that, about the 2013. Yeah. I was for a long time um, very much wanting to, not a long time, let's say this, this season, I was very much doing my own evaluation of like, all right, so we got the matchups and because everyone's doing Ken Palm ratings and the net and all that stuff, which is very important. And like, is this team, you know, on paper versus I always thought one thing that those things cannot account for is the matchups. And I think that's a very unique way of looking at it because that 2020 team, I mean, Maya was a mismatch no matter where he played. Caleb was a walking bucket. Scotty was as versatile of a scorer did go for 20 or for or for eight, depending on what the team needed. And then Darius was still on that. Like so, but when I was on campus this week and I was hanging out with the players and I was walking around the facility and Darius was coming up and you know he heard that my son wanted to take a picture with him. He went out of his way to come take a picture with my son. I was like, I don't want that conversation for the guys anymore because I realized I'm like, it's it's fun from a fan standpoint, but it's almost just distracting from. So, so Will, since the last time we've spoke, my tune has changed actually. And yeah. I have found myself being like, you know what? It would be a heck of a game to put 2020 team on the court versus 2023 team on the court. That would be unbelievable. Like Venzant uh, uh, versus Cuffley. I mean, Cuffy. they're <laughs> unbelievable matchups. And I think that. If you want to have the which is the best team conversation, I believe that you have to look at matchups more than what was their record going in. How many games have they won? What are they in the net? What are they in the Ken? Like, guys, it's a game of matchups. And so I think that I didn't see anyone having that conversation on Twitter when the when the debate was going down. And I said, if you want to have that conversation, you have to look at matchups. 
However, in the past 72 hours, I'm like, I really don't want that conversation happening right now because, and what's funny is Austin Marsh is actually, he was the one preaching this weeks ago, but having been there, I'm like, man, this is a special group. That was a special group. And they, again, the, the biggest robbery was that NCAA tournament getting canceled. Like that team easily, not easily, realistically could have had a sweet 16 run. Like, no, we all know that. Um, could this team? We'll see. Um, but I, I just found myself like being in there, like with the guys and with the coaching staff and talking with the coaches and like hanging out with the guys and being at shoot around. And I was like, man, like, the conversation of this team is way more fun and the conversation of like what these guys are doing is way more fun than what is the most tempting conversation to have on Twitter, which is who's the best team of all time. Like, so it's a toss. I, I think that part of the conversation got a little misconstrued. I think like people like me and John, I think what our goal was, we wanted to point out that this team is in that same. Sure level that more so than anything i think the jury's still out there's still going to be five six seven eight nine games left so there's still time to see but i think to this point this team is at least made a case that they're at that level and that's more what i want to get across to people is i mean this team has outscored their opponents in the ace and play by 226 points like that's ridiculous i mean see and here's like any a better a zone that team the 2020 team won 14 they won their first 14 games though Look at, right? the comp- look at the competition, though. Oh, I mean, I am not advocating for either side. I'm going to play devil's advocate against any argument you bring me, right? I agree with you. Look at the losses that this team has had. Like, Northwestern just beat Purdue. Like, we we get it. Alabama is the number one team in the country. Like, we have – our losses are, are very, very good. Um, I frankly don't have an opinion on it, and that is because – heartstrings tugged at me a little bit when I was on campus, but at the same time, it's, I, I just think that we can, so Nick, I'm with you in that it, it's gotta be part of the conversation. Like we can't look at this team and not say they have deserved to be in the best team conversation, hundred, like hundred percent. Um, and we may find out that this team goes to, you know, pulls off a St. Peter's run. And then it's like, well, there's no question anymore because it's not from, then it becomes an accomplishment, like what they accomplished standpoint, right? Of course. Um, but, and again, a lot of games, a lot, lot of, a lot of games left. So um, my tunes changed a little bit, Will, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to run from that, but um, it's fun. Like both of these teams are unbelievable to watch. And again, not to, to trash, not, not to even like downplay the teams that we played for, because it was a different time. But I mean, I mean, the, we should be so grateful and impressed by like what the like what our ceiling and our floor is now compared to what it was 10 years ago which by the way never felt older than remembering that was 10 years ago <laughs> right that uh <laughs> that 2013 run so yeah i'm i'm not as much of a fun guest anymore because i'm not here to to get my spreadsheets out and tell you why one team is better than the other <laughs> Yeah. So I'm, no, I think the matchup, I, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. What was your favorite non D1 to play, though? My favorite non D1 that <laughs> when I played? Yeah. I mean, we sold out, we sold out against uh, Randolph. That was a fun game. The first, right. um, I mean, like, <laughs> I will say, like, it was always tough because, like, our coaches wouldn't, we would watch film and then, we'd be like, before the game, we, we, we wouldn't watch film because they wouldn't want us to, like, 
because some of these teams had like bad film. So like, they wouldn't want us like watch film and be like, oh, it's a cakewalk. So we would um we'd prepare a little bit differently. But um Randolph was fun. Um I get him confused. Like we there was like a Virginia Union of, like there was all these like Virginia schools that we would just play to, you know, for opening night and stuff. Um I mean I could tell you what games were more fun in terms of like the power fives we play. Like, I can that's that's a far easier conversation than the non ones. Yeah. Uh, so real quick here, uh, uh, Joel, what's your thoughts on this, um, this matchup with Kennesaw? You used to live in the Atlanta area. You've yeah. been, to, you've been to that arena a few times. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah. So I used to do radio with Alan cause I loved doing that. And it was a ton of fun. Uh, me and Alan have been, have been, you know, close or whatever you want to call it since I played. And then now I've got a kid and I'm like, it's way more fun to watch you know, with him. So, um, the matchup is very interesting. They have 17 players on their roster and 12 are juniors and seniors. So what their coaching staff did a really good job of was not like abandoning the script three, four years ago when they were having, I mean, they weren't winning many games when, you know, early on in this, in, uh, in this coach's uh, tenure there. So now he's got a team, a really old team. And if you look at it, apart from their one, their one smaller guard, they're going to be very long and athletic. And so, look at it from a matchup standpoint Colin or Darius is going to have a 6-5 guard on him likely um, and it'll be very interesting to see how Liberty runs a lot of the top ball screens and handoffs to get those matchups and what matchups they want to exploit um, top eight scorers are juniors and seniors I think the young blood versus Van Zant matchup would be very interesting like that's obviously who's going to guard him um, I think <laughs> I, I would imagine that that's what the matchup would be. Um, that'll be very interesting because he's their he's their top scorer. And like, dude, I'm so the, when I saw Vincent as a as a freshman, I was like, he's mature. He's he's very physical. He's got a lot of size. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup and seeing if he can hold him at bay. But they're also a balanced team. Like they've got five guys that are you know between eight and thirteen points or something like that. So um, it'll be really interesting from a matchup standpoint there as well. Um, I haven't been at Kennesaw since they've been like competing in the A Sun. I mean, like I've, I've been there when they've been a middle or lower tier team in the A Sun. I have no idea what the environment's going to be like, um, and if that will have any play. It's a big commuter school, so I don't know how that's going to how, how the environment is going to play in. Like it would be very surprising to me if they can put together a production and environment like Liberty does. Right. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the, the, the environment standpoint will be very interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Is there any one guy that you think on Liberty's team that would really need to kind of step up? Cause you know, Darius is going to do what Darius does. Kyle has had some really great looks from three and has been knocking them down. Um, Blake has just been a monster inside. And of course, Zay and, you know, Vincent have the defense on lockdown. Is there another guy maybe not in that kind of group that you think like, Hey, they, yeah. that person has to step up. Honestly, the biggest thing for me and who didn't just step is, is, is on the defensive end, frankly, is, is we've got to keep one of those guys from going off, uh, whether it's young blood or whoever Kyle manages the game. I, I tweeted this yesterday. He's like a first team player. No question. He's had, a, he had a really good mm -hmm. week last week. But his numbers are not like jumping off the page at anybody. If anyone who watches a game, I would be I'd love to see what his usage rate is because in terms of like minutes that he could play and like I feel like he's in the game the whole time. So Kyle will manage the entire thing. 
Um, I think that we'll see a lot of Kyle and Colin getting past the first line of defense and kind of at that elbow free throw area, making plays for others. So to me, that means that Brody might have a lot of corner threes that, um, because Darius is going to do what Darius does, right? It's like, whether yeah. it's contested or, or, or open, let him do his thing. Um, but I would say it, what I'm interested to see is what kind of plays for others Kyle and Colin make at that elbow free throw line. Dude, Shallow's a, Shallow is a bucket. And he's this is one of those games. They're long. They're athletic. They're pretty big. We may need Shiloh to assert himself, assert his will, because he's at that same size and at the rim. So um last thing besides maybe a player that needs to step up liberty is uh struggles when they don't get to the free throw line um and lipscomb at eku i think they were in single digits in the free throw line but then like austin p i think they shot 28 free throw like so to me if liberty's at the free throw line it does not matter who who is stepping up if they're at the free throw line early then that will be the biggest indication for me so watching colin and kyle make plays from that area and then how well they get to the free throw line that's what i'll be watching for it's a great point on the, the free throw line uh like that. it's stag it's staggering man if you if you look yeah. at the, I mean, you, you know the data if yeah. you look at that it is staggering compared to their losses how many free throws they they attempt on on average and the win like the the, just the other it, it's it's a very big margin between um between the free throw lines so I'll, I'll be very interested to see how physical and and Kenneth is a physical mature old veteran long team right it's you don't probably want to go play among the trees right in <laughs> in that setting but if we can be very aggressive then we i, I believe we'll control the game uh if we can stay at the free throw line early and often all right very good and in cal road he is on ken palm's first team in the a sun good he should i mean he he deserves like he if you watch the game you can't argue with it. like he every coach probably hates coaching against Kyle because yeah. he's not gonna turn it over. He's gonna hit open shots. Um so I mean Kyle is he's the epitome of Liberty basketball right now. So um yeah he's he's the best. And he can you assert a prediction himself. care to care to throw one out. I mean I think it'll probably be 74 69 something like that. Um I think I think it'll be a higher scoring game. Um just because I know they're athletic and they want to get get out, Liberty will probably try and control the tempo a little bit. But there's it's this is that that's one thing. This isn't the 2020 team where the games are in the in the uh, in the 50s. We're we're kind of past that in terms of our offense and for Darius to get the shots he needs, you can't go as slow. So I think it'll be higher scoring into like 74, 69 around there. Obviously, us to be clear. <laughs> yeah, good deal. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. Well, Joel, well, thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Uh, great, great catching up with you. And uh, uh, hopefully we catch up with you again sometime down the road. I'll, uh, I'll be live tweeting on Thursday. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, look forward to a win there. All right. Very good. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're going to have a quick word from our uh, other sponsor, Ironclad Coffee. And then we'll be back with uh, John to talk about Kennesaw. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, but you can enjoy their crafted roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there and it'll be roasted to your order and shipped out directly to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the Commonwealth, 
pay them a visit at their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the Overwork family, are proud Flames Club members and are pleased to sponsor these podcasts by Sea Red. Hop on over to their website at www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. All right. Ironclad Coffee, thank you for your support of the Sea Red Live podcast. We are joined now by John, the famous John of hey guys. KSU Owl Howl. Did I say that right? Works for me. Whatever you get close, I'm fine with it. Well, first off, my man, <laughs> what an awesome season for you guys. Seriously, yeah. congrats. You know, um, first year that Liberty joined the A-Sun to where you guys are now. It's been just a really cool trajectory. I just want to start off first. What is the like like this year meant to you as someone who's been a fan? Because we were fans of Liberty when there wasn't, you know, some, yeah. of, some of the best days. Um. You know, I wasn't, we won a D2 national championship in like 2004. I obviously wasn't around back then following the team. Um, so I started following about 2008, 2009 or so, and we've sucked ever since. So it's, it's a very weird, it's a very weird, surreal feeling. Um, since our football program started in, you know, 2015, um, we've kind of been a football school more or less. And now the football team had a down year. And now the basketball team has the first good year. And it just, it's just really bizarro. It's like the sports flip-flopped on campus all of a sudden. So it, but it's amazing. Um, I can feel the energy. I have people texting me, DMing me all the time saying, wait, we don't suck anymore. Is this, is this for real? Are we good now? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been talking about KSU sports. I haven't talked to you since like 2014. I mean, now you're messaging me. Okay, cool. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. (laughs) What do you uh what do you think the atmosphere will be like on Thursday night? Um, I think it'll be I think it'll be really good. We usually draw, of course, better on Thursdays because the students are on campus. Um, Saturday games, the attendance has been a little bit lackluster. Uh, we've been I didn't check on Thursdays, but Saturdays have been like 1900, almost 2000 the last couple weeks, I believe. Um, I'm expecting it to be surprisingly good. And we're 12 and 0 at home. Um, and I just I wouldn't put it past the Kennesaw State students and the alums to, you know, they're really pushing Kennesaw State basketball in the community now, um, you know, in the athletic, some of the local publications, the word is getting out. So, you know, if the word gets out enough and I'm sure the students are all aware, you know, it could be the biggest atmosphere since Georgia Tech came on campus and we beat them in like 2010, 2011. So I'm looking forward to it and seeing what happens. John, uh, who is maybe the the one player that you think is maybe the, the biggest key for, for Kennesaw in this game? Um, I mean, obviously if you just look at the stats and, you know, you might say one of two players, uh, most people will probably say Chris Youngblood, but I'd say Terrell Burden and he kind of struggled. He, he had a good game, a really good game uh, this past Saturday, but he struggled on Thursday and, you know, it, the, the announcers say it all the time on the Kennesaw games. And it's true. He's the engine. Um, you know, we have such a balanced offense and it's tough for me to, you know, in the past when a couple of years ago, it was like a Spencer Rogers show. Spencer Rogers is not shooting. We're not going to win. We're not going to play well, but this year you just have so many guys. And I find myself asking myself the question, if I could remove one guy from this team and, you know, to, and it would hurt them the least, you know, there's four starters that I probably couldn't, you know, really pick from easily, but I'd say burden is the guy to watch. You got to stay in front of him. He's lightning quick. He's the guy, you know, he has, you know, his body language is, you know, kind of calm, kind of calm demeanor. But at the end of the game, he's a killer when it counts most. 
and he will get to the basket. He will make you foul him. He works doing it so much better than when he first came to Kennesaw. He uses his angles so well around the basket, forcing teams to either give up the give up the hoop or foul him. Um, so he's the guy that, you know, I think you got to watch and his passing has improved in three point shooting. If you look at his year to year numbers, it was something like 10, 20, then 28%. Now it's probably around 40 to 50%. So I think that's, he's the guy. I wanted to ask you about uh, Chris Youngblood. His efficiency numbers are through the roof. I mean, just yeah. shooting, shooting great from the free throw line, shooting great inside the arc, shooting really, really good yeah. from three point. Does he not take enough shots, like looking at his numbers, or is the fact that he, um, isn't taking as high of a volume this year. Is that what has made him as, as good as he's been? Yeah, I think he takes, I think he plays through the rhythm. I think the team plays very well. Um, as uh, coach says, you know, connected fist, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think we move the ball really well. And that's something we've done this year, as opposed to previous years, we used to, you know, turn it over guys didn't really, you know, know where the other one was going, that sort of thing. I think Chris, you know, he's the highest rated prospect in school history. He was like a, probably some will say four, some will say three. I think he's like a high three bordering on a four when he came here. Uh, we got him just before he really took off and, you know, stuck with him. Uh, we took his high school teammate Stroud and then we took uh case Jennings who knew Stroud and Youngblood Wellens from the area. And you have the base for those, those three right there. But anyways, Youngblood, you know, he plays within the offense. He has such a quick pull on his three point shot. And the, this team has a knack for always hitting the big three, whether it's Youngblood, Stroud. You know, when you think, oh, the other team's about to make a comeback, you know, somebody comes down and splashes one out of nowhere. But, yeah, he's very efficient. He's he's expanded his game tremendously. When he was a freshman, he was just a spot-up three-point shooter. Now he can put it on the ground. He can, you know, he's hitting 86% from the free-throw line. Um, and, his, you know, his catch-and-shoot is, is, is tremendous especially when he's on, you can't leave him at all because it's just such a quick pull. Hey, it's going to be a great game. John, it's, it's, thanks for joining us. It's, uh, it's cool to uh, see yeah. a face to the uh, Twitter handle. Absolutely. Um, and I've always in, enjoyed interacting with you. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of all things Atlanta for the most part, uh, Braves, Hawks. And, so let me, can you, can I I've enjoyed you right watching. Now? Let me turn yeah. you right now. Yeah, Come maybe. On. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, yeah, let's not let's not get too crazy, John. Uh but hey, um, you know, I think what Kennesaw has done is very much parallel to Liberty's success as far as the upper trajectory that the programs mm -hmm. are on. And so I've been enjoying watching Kennesaw rise. And you know, are the Kennesaw folks looking at this game potentially as kind of the starting point of a rivalry since we're going to conference USA together and all of that stuff. That's tough to say. I, I, I haven't heard any of that rivalry talk. Um, I think we actually have to win something first before we can stake claim to that. So, you know, I think, if <laughs> you know, I think if we, you know, if we win this game and, you know, or if we win the conference at the end of the day and win and win the tournament, then yeah, I think, you know, absolutely we can get something brewing. The problem is that we have that gap year in between, where we're kind of floating around in the middle of nowhere while you guys are already in Conference USA. Uh, but before I head out, I just want to ask you guys one quick question, okay? Uh, will you guys be making the trip to Kennesaw for the uh, conference tournament finals? No. Just just wondering. <laughs> I'll probably be it. headed to Lynchburg for that one, but yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's it's a, it's a lot nicer weather down here, you know, so I think I think it should be held here. So. I love I love the uh, I love the punch. 
Yeah, I forgot you guys have that gap here. You guys could really, uh, you guys could really have a great season in the A Sun next year if yeah. if most of your guys was like most of your guys are juniors, right? Oh yeah, every I think everybody can come back if they wanted to, except for Peterson and Rogers, and um, you know. Heck, I mean, at this point, you have to start worrying about the coach, you know, if if things get too crazy, because, you know, he has done a tremendous job of keeping the team together. Even when I thought, you know, things are things were OK, we're going to we're OK, we're going to you know, we're going to max out being, you know, a little above average. I was like a, losing a little bit of faith. And then finally, you know, a couple months ago, we started to really pull it together. And I think that was that was the turning point. And, you know, Coach Shamir, I think, you know, he says Kennesaw state is not a stepping stone, uh, famous last words for every coach. Um, but I think he's going to have to, you know, he can, he could leave, you know, if he got a good offer, he could leave this year, he could stay. And then he has the option of, you know, continuing the success with all his guys, having them all graduate and, you know, making the leap next year. So he has some options or if he wants to stay and run a dynasty, you know, go for it. But, um, you know, you never money talks. So I understand. John, I just got one. I got one last question for you. You guys have won. Kennesaw's won a lot of really close games this year. You guys have a yeah. double overtime win, an overtime win. You just beat Jacksonville State at the buzzer. A couple other games, I think, came down to the final possessions. Uh, what has kind of been Kennesaw's secret sauce with that? What, what, what is what has been the key to to all those uh, big close wins? I'd say experience. Definitely number one. Um, we're the fifty seventh oldest team in the country. Um, these are the type of games that we lost last year. And don't even get me started on the years before. Um, but, you know, those 50-50 type games, like last year we played a lot of games. We, you know, we went up big, you know, they came back. Just It was just uneven. This year, you know, when it's crunch time, you know, the guys aren't panicking. Um, they know what to do. They've been there before. And, you know, for example, the uh, Bellarmine game, we just we had more depth than them. We wore them out. Um, Eastern Kentucky was a 50-50 game and playing two – a team two times in a row uh, this past week, Jacksonville state, you know, honestly um, I, I feel like we didn't have the same intensity that we even did the week before. And especially the week before that, when we were rolling off all those wins. So I, I, I do have a little bit of concern how we come out against Liberty. Um, I do think the home crowd will juice us with the environment and we'll need that. But, you know, I just don't think we've had that same pep in our step that we did, you know, the prior month. Yeah, John, I was going to ask, do you feel like the moment is too big for Kennesaw? I mean, no. most of our most of our group has played in, if not one NCAA tournament, two NCAA tournaments um, with Blake and Darius um, being on the team before COVID. But um, or do you feel like, uh, you know, that experience doesn't matter that, um, you know, you feel like pretty good about it and that, you know, you're the, you guys are the bronze breakers of the league, but uh, you're not. Yes. You're not the uh, Roman Reigns yet. Shout out to Bronson Rex Steiner, KSU alum, Bron Breaker, uh, NXT WWE. Uh, but um, as far as that goes, we played a double overtime game against Bellarmine. Um, we should not. I don't think that game should have been double overtime in terms of we should have taken care of it. We and we ended up essentially, I think, uh, hurting ourselves, and it just rebounded to the next game against Eastern Kentucky. I think that extra 10 minutes of play was the difference. And then, you know, I, I, we looked a little fatigued versus Jacksonville state. So, you know, we do play a physical game burden is, you know, the smallest player on the court, but he is the, you know, he has a huge heart, uh, probably the biggest vertical on the team. 
Um, he just he just can wear them. I think the team just wore themselves out a little bit. So hopefully we can recover. And it's really, you know, all a matter of fresh legs. Because the difference, I think, this past weekend, especially in that first game in Jacksonville State, is just shots falling. The shots that we're making when we're going good are shots that kind of rim out, you know, versus Jacksonville State. So we just need to keep our percentages up, do better from the free throw line. Um, I know Liberty, everybody's shooting like 85% plus. Um, Youngblood's a great free throw shooter. Spencer Rogers shooting 69%, which is tremendous. Um, and uh, we have some other, you know, we need our bigs to really improve there. Peterson, Stroud, and Robinson. Those guys are dicey from the line, but they seem to usually come up big when we really need one. Awesome. Well, John, well, thank you so much for taking some time to, to join yeah. us. This, this was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we could chat again before an A-Sun uh, final. That would be fun. Uh, that, that'd be a fun, uh, fun time. Let's do it in person. I'll book a, a book, a pub in Kennesaw. Can I come down? <laughs> Can we go to the pie in the sky restaurant? Absolutely. Will you guys do that? What's right. it called? The challenge with me where you eat the giant, uh, pizza the carnivore challenge, carnivore challenge. Yes. That's it. Who's, yeah. who's with me on that? Okay. No one's going to commit. We'll All right, well, I'm not some good Lynchburg that. establishments. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, John. We appreciate it. Take care. All right. Well, we will be right back with uh, Richie Longshots. Richie, Richie Longshots. You know what? I forgot to put this up when when Joel was on. I got to still Mm -hmm. look at this. The entire team is swarming our guy. And uh, I feel like I had to, you know, show that. Richie. I love that game. I love that game. Just look at everyone's shorts. What? (laughs) How much has changed in 10 years in the game of basketball, if not for the length of everyone's shorts? It is a spectacle to see. <laughs> it, it is beautiful. All right. Well, hey, uh, John Manson. How about this guy? We, we all thought he was dead in the water. He was uh, like 15 games back at one point. Now he is within two of the mighty Richie Longshots. Richie, are you getting a little nervous with two weeks to go with the uh, the Manson train? You know, I'm, I'm going to use a horse racing analogy. I have my blinders on. I'm not looking to see who's coming up, who's on my right, who's on my left. Um, I've been pretty much consistent all year. I'm going to knock on wood. I've avoided a dreaded just three and eight, two and nine type week for the most part. Um, Pretty much being able to go that six, seven wins the whole time. I'm trusting my process. I'm going to continue on. And if John is out here making great picks and having nine in two weeks, good for him. There's nothing I can do to stop that. I just got to keep uh, keep my head down, keep doing what I'm doing. But it, it's great to see. You look all the way across, you see, uh, you combine all of our records. We're above 500. Uh, Chad, six and five week. Round of applause for him. That's a huge step. Um, but no, I'm I'm happy for, for John. Uh, I just had to sweat out uh, some CAA a little bit ago. Delaware minus seven and a half um, against Stony Brook. So that was a nice uh, little Monday night sweat. But you can hear I'm losing my voice because I was down in Liberty all weekend. So uh, great experience. Great people. Uh, courtside seats hanging with, with, with KD, uh, shout out to Dennis Fields. It got to meet him and his family. Um, great tour of the football stadium, 
Coleman Crowley, we we uh, showed him a great time for sure. What's your thoughts well, the people on people weren't uh, that great because me and Kirby weren't there. It would it would have been even better. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I'll make the uh, the pilgrimage. Yeah, uh, down there. Uh, what was your overall thoughts on on uh, the the team? Uh, you know, seeing them in person. Did any anything you know different than the ESPN Plus? broadcast getting to see them up close and any any anything kind of just catch your eye so uh did the first half court side and then the second half sat um opposite right behind the bench and it's insane how much depth this team has that you don't realize when you're watching at home but when you're there behind the bench and mckay's just like bam next person like constant rotation uh which is great because you know you're getting everyone those minutes and there's going to be some nights where, you know, you're riding Porter's hot hand. Some nights uh, it's going to be Kyle. So, you know, finding out who are going to be your best five for that night and having them ready on the court um, was really cool to see just how, how, uh, how much that flowed throughout the game. Um, Kyle's even bigger than I realized. Uh, and it's just, you know, what Darius does to see it live, how quick that step back is, is just, it's mind blowing. Awesome. They didn't cover though, but that's either here nor there. There was a brawl between was like UC Davis and Santa Barbara. Yeah. And some of those folks courtside got knocked into it. What's your reaction if, uh, uh, Darius and somebody else are throwing elbows and you get knocked over at one of these games. If if I get knocked over, I'm going to be yeah, yeah. just, oh, I'm going to be like a pregnant lady. Like, don't touch me. Get away! Like, <laughs> it's it's lawsuit city. Call up. Uh, we got a couple lawyers on Liberty Twitter. Yeah, I'm gonna be a banner of just my face in the Liberty Arena if I get knocked over in a brawl. So, uh, no, it would have been great to see. Um, I was actually sitting next to a couple football players and Chad. So uh, we're ready to roll, you know. And I I told Coach at one point. Uh, I actually I, I think he gave a, a little smirk. Um, I said, Coach, if you don't get a technical, I will. So I'm ready to go. You just say the word. Uh, <laughs> if we got a brawl, I'd rather get thrown out than Darius get thrown out of a game. So just keep that in mind uh, <laughs> yeah. if it's ever needed. We'd rather that happen too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this week's picks. If I counted right, if I counted right here, John and Richie have picked different in eight games this week. Uh, so there will be some uh, a real – I guess those are really the games you just got to watch. The other ones don't really matter, right? Yeah, and again, like I said, I, I want to finish above 55%. It's, it's been my goal for a while. Um, I got to get through this week and next week. Um, I could definitely really just blow it all away and end up below 50% outright, but just keeping it going. Um, it's great because – uh, I do definitely want to have the best record and uh, going to be, uh, you know, have some vested interest in these games without having to actually put money on it. So that's always a plus. But no, it's going to be exciting. Kicking off um, tomorrow, a game that I probably would not be watching if it wasn't for this. Uh, so it'll be good to see. Well, speaking of that game, it's a great game. It's a big matchup in the Big East. Uh, Creighton at Providence. Uh, I went with Creighton. They are playing really, really well. Uh, I think I saw like in I saw actually today I think in uh, Torvik they are like the number one team in the country over the last month hmm. in terms of efficiency. So 
I just think, man, that team's playing well. I know Providence, that is a nasty arena to try to go in and get a win. They uh, have a, a ridiculous home record, but I, I just, I'm going with a hotter team. I think Creighton is a lot better at their best than Providence at their best. Yeah, so I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, you got it at a good number. The line right now is two, two and a half. Uh, I just looked, saw it on FanDuel. But you said Providence is a tough place to play. Dunkin' Donuts Arena, correct? I think um, I feel like it was, and then they 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 did the they sold out. I think, uh, they, I think they sold out. The dunk was what it was, the, but I think they tough they place sold. to play. Uh, they are eight and four this year against the spread at home, and they are five and three against the spread this year as a dog. Yes, Creighton is playing well, but um, I, I guess I see this being coming down to the wire. Um, would I love to have two, two and a half? Absolutely, but uh, going with going with Providence, Providence at home, home dogs. All right, uh, Alabama, Tennessee. Look, I just Tennessee has had a great season. They have two straight losses. They're at home. Very funny losses, by the way. I don't they're, think we should brush past. They're such a weird team. Like <laughs> they look like a legit Final Four team, and then they look like a team that's going to lose to a 15 seed uh, yeah. the next night. I don't. I just I, I hate fading Alabama because that team is so darn good. But I I just I I believe in the the home team. That needs it more. I don't know. I'm 61 and 65, so what do I know? I don't know, but that's I, what I'm going with. How do you respond losing two straight buzzer beaters like that? Like, are you and you coming back to play the number one team in the country? Yeah, I'm absolutely worried. Alabama now is going to have that number one next to their name, and I feel like that is a major curse the moment that happens. But I'm going to trust Nate Oates. I think he's one of the best coaches in America. Anytime you have the number one team in the country, Getting points, you have to jump on that. Um, I've been a big fan of Bama all year. Uh, I said it, I think, last week. The better they are, the better our resumes going to be looking. So hopeful that they can uh, keep that trend going. And if they're getting two, I'll take it all day. Well, uh, Nate Oates, Tony Bennett, Richie McKay. Is there a better coach than those three? A, a more likable, easy to root for coach? Am I missing anyone? Those are probably be like my three favorite coaches in the country. Um, well, man, around here, a lot of people like Hubert Davis, uh, just because of his pedigree at Carolina. But um, no, I mean, I think those those three guys. Um, what's the guy's name at North Florida? Maybe get, get the uh, gif of him screaming. I don't know. It's a good one. If we're talking most overrated country coaches in the country, then yeah, definitely be on that <laughs> list. Jeez. All right. Uh FGCU at Stetson uh riding the seemingly back from the dead Dunk City on the road at the the Stetson Wagon Hatters. I mean, this has been a ATS darling this year. You are going with Florida Gulf Ghost. Why? It's a big time. You, you zig when everyone else is zagging. Okay. Uh, they've they've won their last two. I know they're they're fighting um, to get into the tournament, right? Still, are they still? Yeah, yeah, on they the bubble. Are. No, they're means they're more. Give me four points again. They're back from the dead. They won their last two. A little bit of momentum, and we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested in some of these teams that are playing for a lot more like Stetson. I mean, 
what are you playing for at this point? Yeah. You're you're not going to be a top two seed. You're not going to miss the tournament. So no, I mean that that that's a good. That'll be interesting to see. I'm really interested in like that. Uh, not to get too far ahead, but the uh, last game of the year yep. is uh, like Darius's second senior night. There is like a very good chance, one way or the other, that game is meaningless because mm-hmm. if Liberty wins or loses, if you know there's no change in the standings before that game, that game's going to end up being meaningless. So I'm very interested to see how that game turns out. But I agree. Yeah. It'll be it'll be weird, but cool, but different. I don't know. All right, Thursday, Liberty at Kennesaw. This is uh, the biggest game of the year for Liberty. I mean, it, it there's no way around it. I mean, this is there's probably a ninety percent chance that this game determines home court advantage in the ASUN tournament. Now, one of the two teams could get knocked off and. They're not playing the semifinals, and then you do have home court advantage. But as we've seen all year in the A Sun, home court advantage is is king. It's been huge. Liberty seems unbeatable at Liberty Arena for the most part. Uh, at times, it's been beatable on the road. So huge game. You are going with the Owls. First off, long shots. D, are you like, are you just saying, oh, they're going to cover the five, or do you think they're going to win? This is. I, I think they cover the five. I think Liberty wins. This is also an emotional hedge. However, you just mentioned it. Liberty away. They're seven. They are three and seven against the spread away this year. Kennesaw State six and two against the spread at home. Um, Liberty has not covered the last. Uh, they did not cover during the the double last week. Um, kicking myself because I said they were not going to cover against EKU. However, I was going to the game, therefore had to take uh, Liberty. Um, but that's either here nor there. But no, I just on the road a team that again they've looked great but five points if this is a one possession game i'll i'll, I'll take the five you know this game goes to overtime but it, it's part emotional hedge part i don't love liberty on the road in this spot i hope i, I again i i just we'll see well i want to bring you in on this i got a question for you your thoughts on this so looking at liberty's road games this year the Easter Kentucky and the Lipscomb game, I believe both of those games, we felt pretty confident Liberty was going to win, right? I wasn't as confident in Lipscomb, but I still felt pretty good. The The two road games that I felt at the time most nervous about was that road trip uh, of Jacksonville, North Florida, and Liberty just went in and t- took care of business. I just, I kind of wonder here with Liberty, this is my, my gut feeling on this, is that they know what's at stake here. And and if Liberty is is not to say they're not always fully focused, but if they're really dialed in, they're really gonna come out and put everything they have into this game. Every piece of scouting is gonna just be top notch. That's where I just I feel like Liberty's just gonna come in and take care of business. I don't think Liberty's gonna go win by 20 or anything like that, but I, I just I, I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win fairly convincingly. Yeah, that Eastern Kentucky game was kind of a fluke game, right? Um, I don't think Eastern Kentucky had any real business winning that game, but it just kind of shook out like that. I feel like Kennesaw State is a – well, the, the record shows it, but I feel like they're a much better team. So, I, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I'm sort of with you. I feel like they are going to come out and they're going to be intense and their game is going to be ratcheted up, but – 
you know, if they shoot, you know, the first eight three pointers and none of them go in, you know, what happens then? So I will say though, if for whatever reason they lose, Kennesaw gets the one seed and we have a final at Kennesaw, I think Liberty would play better the second game and win the tournament on their floor. Rich McKay has never lost to the same team twice in right. the A-Sun. So, hmm. yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it, even if you lose this game, is Kennesaw really going to beat Liberty twice in a season? Right. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that that's tough. So that's... Uh, Kennesaw has never beaten Liberty. Like, yeah, that's true. Point. So, that's true. Yeah. You wonder if that kind of creeps in, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, I, I, Kennesaw can win this game. I'm not saying they can't. Um, and I, I am very excited for this game. I just, I think Liberty just comes in and takes care of business. That, that's, that, that's just, you know, my feeling. All right, I am the lone dog on North Florida at Lipscomb. North Florida is just such a crapshoot. I'm getting seven points here. Uh, North Florida is another one of those teams that needs it more than Lipscomb at this point. Am I nuts, long shots? I don't think you're nuts. Um, just I don't trust UNF on the road. They're four and eleven against the spread away this year. Lipscomb's starting to come into something. They're four and one in their last five against the spread. Um, you know, seven. I I was very pleased when I saw that number because I was expecting something. You know, maybe nine or ten. So I'll take seven. Um, I like Lipscomb here. Uh, where's North Florida at? Like, is where's Lipscomb, I think they're going to be trying to build some momentum up, getting into the going into the tournament, and uh, they're at home, sneaky, tougher, tougher place to play than uh, some of the other places in the A Sun. So it'll be difficult for uh, North Florida. But any any time I see Chad with the same pick as me, it gets me nervous. Even if John has it too. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I went with North Florida. I really regret it. I, I'll ride with it. We'll see what happens. I mean, what do I got to lose at this point? But. Uh, um, yeah, Lipscomb's kind of been a wagon at home, so yeah, that's, that was a bad pick, but oh well. All right, North Alabama at Bellarmine. We were completely split on this. Uh, I've faded Bellarmine all year. No point in changing now. North Alabama, they I don't know where this team came from, but they are playing really, really well. Yep. Um, I loved that team to like sneak into the final because uh, I think Liberty would match up yeah. very well with them, but they are playing really, really well. Congrats to that program for – you know, they were they were one of the absolute bottom dwellers in college basketball. And now they've been a very competitive A-Sun team. Um, I just think three points, the way they're playing, I think they're so much better than Bellarmine. I don't know, but it's it's whatever. I agree. I looked at I looked at the record and I went, wait, what? Like they've just quietly gone through. We and we haven't really talked about them a ton on here. And I went, Oh, all right. We kind of missed out on this. They're seven, seven and three, seven, seven and three in their last ten against the spread. Oh, yes, give me that team. They're seven and one overall in their last wow. eight games. Yeah. Um, and, and they've won, they won some road games too. They've won yeah. uh uh three road ASUN games and they won at Old Miss this year. <laughs> yeah, and I think they're coming into this game with a major chip on their shoulder. Uh Bellarmine has won the last five straight up against uh UNA, and I think they come into this game revenge spot, fired up, go in. Senior night at Bellarmine, probably go in and spoil senior night. Like, I love this game. Money line sprinkle. Oh yeah, I like that. I, I like a, I like a money line this one for sure. This will be a good good value. Although I think it's gonna be probably closer to a pick'em. 
<laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Baylor at Kansas. Uh, we're split on this. I just both these teams have been wildly inconsistent. I think Baylor's been playing a little bit better of late than Kansas. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm only I'm only losing four points at Allen Field. It always feels like a mistake to go against Kansas at home. No, well, I agree. But just like Alabama, Baylor's been my team. I've been riding them all year. Uh, I'm a loyal guy. No reason to hop off, especially if they're catching four. Um, I don't know they're playing West Virginia right now. They were losing last time I checked, um, but that was about an hour or so ago. But no, Baylor's my team. Sticking to it, ride or die. All right, I like it. Uh, Yale at Princeton went with this game because this is for first place in the Ivy. And if you have first place in the Ivy League on the line, of course, it's got to be on here. Yep. What kind of show would we be without yeah. that? Um, I went with the home team. I went with the home team. Uh, like putting that logo in there, so I wanted to put that in. That's kind of a sneaky, cool logo. Uh, yeah, I that's my thoughts on this. No, <laughs> sometimes you just kind of roll with the logo. Um, it's going to be a great uniform game. Texas is really going to lose flat out to Texas Tech. They would. Um, uh, Yale is rolling. They, in their last uh, 10, great against the spread. They're also just blowing teams out. Uh, they beat Princeton a month and a half ago by 22 points. At, a game was at Yale. I don't care. Uh, you can't tell me that whatever Princeton arena is, the Einstein arena, is going to be a, a 22-point swing. So uh, Yale's rolling everyone in the Ivy League. S- might be a little sneaky 13-14 seed uh, come next month. So just be on the lookout for Yale. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, BYU at St. Mary's. Again, I'm going against one of my darlings. Like, I love Alabama. I love St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's is a sneaky Final Four team this year. Just, man, 12 points for BYU. Like, BYU's too proud to go get – to go not cover a 12-point spread, right? Did you miss that football game in October? <laughs> I don't – He said what is football? every football game in October. <laughs> um, no, I, I was – honestly, this is the game that I took the longest amount of – yeah, too much screaming in LA. Yes, uh, Chad, that that is it. Um, this game I took the longest to look at. Um, St. Mary's, obviously, they had that marquee win against Gonzaga. Lost their next game out, and then they laid an egg the first half on Saturday, I think. But then they came out second half and just rolled. Um, I they I think they went on like a twenty-two to, to nothing run, something like that, to start off the second half. Um, so I think they've beaten back that that Gonzaga hangover, um, and they're just going to keep keep it rolling against BYU on a Saturday. BYU definitely one of the more disappointing teams this year. I think the team was flirting around top twenty five at the beginning of the year, and they're like yeah. 16, sixteen and twelve. Very very similar to football. I'll just <laughs> spoil it. It's very similar to football. All right, all right. Uh, I think I'm guessing we're have the same mindset, but flipped on this next one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Kennesaw because I think they're going to bounce back against Queens. You think they're going, you're going with Queens because you think they're going to have a letdown after Liberty. Is that where we're at? Yeah. I, I just, I hated this game. I hate that. I put, picked Queens. I even hated it more when I saw it in the, in the graphic. Um, Queens has been losing, but they haven't been losing by that much. Their, their last three losses 
uh, have been by an average of four points. Yes, Kennesaw State's better than those teams, but um, they're a team that's going to, you know, hang around to keep it close. And, you know, if Kennesaw State's winning this game handily, you know, and that, and and that spreads right around the number, they're not going to risk, you know, injury and, and, and something meaningful. They're just going to be like, all right, fine. Cover the spread. We win by five. That's all that matters. And Queens gets the cover. And um, again, I, I hate it. I hate it even more. I look at it. It's like ugly gray graphic. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. All <laughs> right. And then finally, I I cannot believe the two, two guys picked Jacksonville State on this one. I, I think this might be my most confident Liberty pick all year. I, I think Liberty is 25 points better than Jacksonville State. I think they're going to cover this with ease. They're just they're just so much better. I I don't know. I think this line's gonna be a lot higher than eleven. This line's gonna be like fifteen. No, I I agree. Um, they just haven't quit yet. Uh, Jacksonville State. They're four and one against the spread in their last five. Um, so just again, um, it could be a not not even a letdown, but more of a all right. We're gonna just kind of coast, especially if Liberty does beat uh, Kennesaw. They'll be like, all right, we're we're where we want to be, and I know Richie McKay is not going to let them have that attitude, but it's very easy to go, all right, we're up 15 with five minutes to go. Send in the walk-ons, and let's just kind of coast to coast it out. Let Jacksonville State hit a couple uh, hero ball threes, cut it to single digits, and get out of there with a win. Yeah. Will, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, not really. All right. Well, here's what we got going on. Kennesaw State, the biggest game of the year for Liberty, Thursday night. And then Jacksonville State, and then two queens. And, oh, baby, we finished the regular season. It uh, it has come quick. A-Sun tournament starts two weeks from today. That I keep why. forgetting about the queens games. Yeah. So, yeah, really looking forward to this. Uh, like I said earlier, uh Chad and John are going to be live at Kennesaw, so we are going to try to do a pregame show before that. Get a live hit from those guys to get you pumped and ready for that game. Uh, thanks to all of our guests tonight. Really awesome show. Kyle Rode, Jason Porter, Joel Vanderpool, and uh, our guy John uh, Finner of uh, KSU Al Howell. Really cool to get his thoughts on this big matchup and uh, excited about this. Uh, we will be back normal time next Sunday night. Uh, we got a cool show. I won't spoil it yet, but it's going to be a really cool show. We got a, yeah, we got a big time guest. We got a huge guest coming on. So we're excited about that again. As always, if you're not subscribed, uh, to see red on YouTube, please do that. Hit the like button while you're there. Uh, and then also this podcast, this is also version is available in podcast form on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So be sure to subscribe there. All right. For Richie, for Will, I am Nick. Have a great night, everyone.